You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. Itchy Bounce Weight Cost. Ichiban. Ichiban Sweetcast. That's right. Welcome to episode 0.1, I guess, 0.2 of the Ichiban Sweetcast. Very organized. But here we are. We're not here to fuck about. I before we jump to our second ever topic, I want to ask you real quick. I sent you a message. You rudely didn't reply, but I was. Oh. Uh, I said I'll Sorry, be. Was- I'll be two more minutes. I said. I said I'll be two more minutes. I said I'm just pouring a cup of Joe, which is a thing they say in America. And I said, why do they say that? And who is Joe? And Curtis blanked me and didn't reply. So I started the episode <laughs> and I put it out in front of all the listeners to ask why he would ignore his friend. And why the Americans keep secrets about coffee. I was looking at minis on Instagram. Looking sorry, at minis dude. on Instagram. Something I also do all the time. So maybe I don't need to be as harsh, but I imagine there would have been some kind of notification. It's like you've received a message through your friend that then you swiped away in order to continue <laughs> what you were doing is I think what happened. So tell me the history now of Cuppa Joe and where its origins lie. I expect you to know. Uh, well, my friend, the, the Joe is my friend, Joe. Uh, he works with me. Uh, oh, okay. At, his name is Joseph Corey. Personal friend. Uh, yeah. Close it's his cup friend. that I'm uh, drinking. Yes. Did he invent it? Actually, it's funny because Joe does not like hot drinks. Oh. So we, we, we said that oh. ironically. We said it's a ah, cup of Joe. Ironically. Every time you're pouring a coffee, you've got to hear about it. Oh, why are you drinking something hot? Coffee yeah, again. Some, yeah, well, I'm going to oh, have your fucking favourite drink, a cup of joe. I see where it goes. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. I'm glad we cleared yeah. that up. Next fucking so topic one. is Zack Sabre Jr., the new ace of New Japan. Go, Curtis. Well, the thing that we need to talk about before we talk about that is how this is the Ichiban sweet cast. You found the sweet spot, everybody. This is your good friend, Curtis Spears. That is your bad friend, Rafe Houston. And together, we are the Sweetcast. Yes, exactly. Sweetcast, Ichiban, the International Wrestling Grand Prix are back. Uh, change of name, still essentially the same podcast. Uh, and we're going to try and be a bit more frequent for you. So we're we're jumping in and we're being more topic-based. That's our goal. We're going to have a thing and then we're going to talk about it. And today's episode is, is Zack Sabre Jr., the new ace of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Or can he be? I, and we're just going to we're going to mill that over. It also gives us an excuse to talk about his match with Danielson at New Beginning in Osaka, which was amazing. But the question is, like, I feel, and I, I feel like a lot of people feel this, and I, I know you do. I feel like Zach is geared up now to really step up and and fill some spaces. You know what I'm saying? He's he's looking the best condition of his entire life. 
very popular wrestler, extremely talented, cool faction, uh, native Japanese speaker, as well as English, so he's bilingual. He lives in Japan. He's proved his loyalty to New Japan over and over. He doesn't really want to go anywhere else. He's made that very clear. He's not motivated by money. Well, more than anybody is that they need to like live, you know. He's motivated by wrestling. And so so how are you feeling here? I, I think it's pretty safe to say that we can expect big things coming down the road for Zach. And and I think the sky's the limit for what that could be. We've been we've been calling for it for years, right? For years, and right? I, but there was no space for they, him they, at the top. Like there just yeah, wasn't. New Japan always has like four or five people that are at the top. Four or five people that are those dudes. Yeah, you know. And we just had two of those dudes, probably the two biggest of those dudes, leave the company, and a third one cycle himself out to become the president of the company. Mm. So there is more, there's more space at the top now than there ever has and been And I mean, before. even kind of more than that when you think about it, because it wasn't that long ago that the four dudes on the poster also included Kota Ibushi and also included Jay White. So yeah. that that was, you know, so four. And then if you, you keep going back a little bit further, it's not that far until you get to the likes of Kenny Omega and stuff like that, you know, so... Like New Japan have really lost a lot of their top tier main event talent in very recent years. So since like it opens 2019, up I wonder what happened in 2019 that everything started fucking going downhill for New Japan, huh? Mm. Anyway, oh. yeah, there's there's that hater, there's yeah, that hater it. coming out stop again. Stop it. Anyway, uh, so so there's never been there's never been a better time than right now for people to step up, not just a dude to step up. You know, right. this isn't like when AJ and Shinsuke left and you automatically had Kenny and Naito there to fill those shoes. I mean, you I know? mean, to be fair, I don't think you really had Kenny yet, right? Like, but I know what you're saying. And it, and it goes to New Japan always being ready to next man up somebody. But at the, at the time, I think when, because Kenny was like a junior, right? Like when AJ left. Kenny's the one that officially kicked AJ out no. of Bullet Club and, and that day declared he was going to become a heavyweight. But I don't think before that day anybody would have been like, he's the next fucking leader and he's going to be world champ. Like I don't think they would have said that about him in that moment. But they, but New Japan goes, you know what? It's going to be him. And then he just was. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So when, when, when you have those next man up opportunities – uh, you really have to grab them with both hands and fucking hold on for your dear life. And now there's those next man opportunities are many, yeah, many and sundry next man up opportunities because the only, the only dudes like, it's not that we have one person to fill the spot. It's we only have one dude at the top right now. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. so there's room for Sonata to cement himself. There's room for Dave Finley to cement himself. Mm -hmm. There's room for uh, Yoda Suji or you know uh, Ren Narita or Shota Umino. Any one of those guys could jump into the to be the next uh, homegrown mm -hmm. uh, Japanese star, and then you have room for that not just foreign ace, mm -hmm. but ace yeah you know when when people looked at okada when people looked at will osprey when people looked at um aj styles when people looked at kenny omega they said that is the fucking 
ace. Yeah, he's the if guy. If you want to prove how good you are, you go to Japan and you fight that guy. Yeah. And Zack Sabre Jr. is about to become that guy. That's what I'm saying because that Danielson match was so, so impressive. Wrestlers from around the world would kill to be in a match like that. And when you talk about the others that hover at the top, I don't think, like besides Naito, Naito has definitely had some very, very impressive matches. But because of his style and because of who he is, he's not that sort of best bout machine type wrestler. He can definitely have those matches, but he is a bit sloppy. He's a bit tranquilo. Like that's his whole vibe. Whereas Zack Sabre Jr., everybody could argue, is top tier one of the best wrestlers in the world. After that match, Danielson said, that is the best technical wrestler in the world. So in my eyes, that doesn't – people would go like, oh, he replaces Will as like the foreign ace or whatever. Like, But really, he could just be the ace of the company, like the next Okada, like the next everything, like the guy that you can guarantee to be putting on those absolute classics that New Japan are, are known for. Yeah, he's one of those guys that has large crossover appeal because he's huge in the West. Yeah. He's got – a huge foundation of fans in Japan because he is, you know, mm -hmm. speaking Japanese. He is like living there, you know, putting in the work. He's been there basically, you know, full time since like what, 2015 or something uh -huh. like he's put in the work. It's time. Mm -hmm. It's time to like, I'm not saying, you know, have him win the new Japan cup for a third time in this and, and dethrone Naito at dominion. It doesn't have to be that. It could be. Mm, it absolutely could, could be could great. Be. Yeah. But I think they've got the plan in place. Uh, we'll we'll see Zack Saber Jr. crowned mm -hmm. at some point this year. Yeah. And whether whether it's 2024 or whether it's four days into 2025, we're going to see Zack Saber Jr. crowned. Well, the 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 wrinkle at the moment that I mean, not a lot of people are talking about because but it's still coming up, is Sonata's rematch, right? And there, there's like a very real danger that Sonata could just win it back. You know what I mean? Like everybody knows Naito's health stuff. It's not, blah, it's blah, not blah. a danger. It, it could definitely fucking Yeah, absolutely. Happen. It's completely like Naito has some very possible challenges between now and whatever's going to happen because we know he's fighting John Moxley and we know he's fighting Sonata and – to be fair, he could lose to either guy. And we were going to do it as a separate topic, but fuck it, let's talk it now. Like, either of those guys could potentially beat Naito, and then if you had, like, say, a Zack win New Japan Cup, he could go on and beat either of those guys as, like, they're the transitional champion. You know what I mean? Or maybe it's actually the beginning of, like, an ongoing storyline, you know, it becomes like you cycle Naito out and it's like just five guys versus TMDK uh, or, you know, Blackpool Combat Club, you know, shooter and thing versus TMDK or whatever. But how? what do you think the chances are? And I, and I don't think there's zero of John Moxley winning that title as a transitional champion. Well, it's a huge show in America. Huge show in America. He has long ties now, long, long ties with Japan and doing the right thing by Japan. It's my understanding yep. he's still 
it's, it's so funny. I keep using this word. Last episode, we will literally talk about not wanting to know about contracts, but it is my understanding that he is he has a separate contract, right? Like he's a New Japan contracted wrestler and an AEW contracted wrestler. Not a lot of guys have that, like that show up, but he is that. He's a bridge, and he's said it in interviews that a lot of stuff that has happened between the companies has, you know, because he's there. You know what I mean? It was able to happen. And he is his record in New Japan is very, very impressive. You know what I mean? He hasn't lost very often. They keep him very, very strong. Very strong. They've just lost heaps of hu- huge stars. He's arguably the most famous guy in both companies. There's every fucking chance in the world that John Moxley walks out of that building with that title and blows fucking minds. It would explode social media. But And the thing to remember for us New Japan fans is it's not the days of the V4. It's not the prestigious belt that only has a few names on it, you know, that has run for years and years and years. They reset the lineage. You know what I mean? First champion, Kota Ibushi. Like, second champion, Will Ospreay. Like, it's, it's that fresh. So there is absolutely no reason they wouldn't want to put the stamp of a name like John Moxley on that belt's lineage, like as they're building it going forward. So I think there's every fucking chance in the world. And Naito doesn't need to hold it for a long run because that's not his character. That's not who he is. I mean, his health stuff aside and things like that, like he is an underdog character. Like he's not uh, he's not Okada. <laughs> I'm going to throw this out for you. Yeah. I'm going to throw this out for you. Uh-huh. Naito, he said that like he wants to be the one who's out there holding the belt sending the crowds home happy with the big, you know, the big call at the end of the show, mm-hmm. making the towns, hearing the crowds cheer for him as champion. Sure. Wouldn't it be the most Naito thing ever to finally win the belt, to finally, you know, say, I'm going to start making the towns and then lose the belt right away. That's and what I two, feel. <laughs> two, Every chance Two years world. from now. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, do it we'll again. See him do it again. <laughs> yeah. um, no, no, no. It would, it would, it would be huge. It would be huge for John Moxley to win. I don't think it would be as huge for Sonata to win. It absolutely wouldn't. They would only but be I, doing that like because they want to keep it on a guy they're building and they want to like have him making the towns and making the re- reps and doing all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? I don't think anybody besides Josh from WeWork Stiff is like clamoring for another Sonata reign, but maybe I'm wrong, you know. Yeah, you you might be wrong because maybe you should say I don't know if anybody in the Western world is sure. clamoring for another sure. Sonata. Rant. And they are. They did tell a story with Sonata by the end. We did see that emotion from him at Wrestle Kingdom and things like that. And so mm-hmm. maybe maybe he manages to win it back. Maybe we see more emotion and then we start to actually see like a change in his character and he's wearing his heart on his sleeve and I'm going to fucking protect this title and you know all those kind of things. Quick question: Does the Sonata? Defense happened before the Moxley defense. Yes, it does. It does. So because it happens, it happens uh, at the end of this tour mm-hmm. at the new beginning in Sapporo, mm-hmm. I believe. So what under over then of Sonata winning because obviously Moxley has his match, and wouldn't the bigger match be for the title Naito versus Moxley than like just Naito versus Moxley or Sonata versus Moxley, for example? I don't know. I think the over-under is more – I think if it was going to change hands at all, mm-hmm. it would be to Moxley. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a, there's a greater than – there is a greater than zero chance it changes hands with Sonata. 
I think there's a greater chance than that, that it changes hands with Moxley. I don't particularly think either is going to happen. No, I, I kind of think he's going to keep it. Like I, I think like when, when Zach rolled out of the ring after beating Danielson, didn't he say something along the lines of like, I'm coming for you, Nido, you dickhead, something like that. So I, I feel like maybe the bigger, the bigger rivalry could be Nido versus Zach down the road. Yeah, and those two definitely have great matches when they're when sure. they're uh, in together. So yeah, I think it could be it, it could be that that's the program coming up, mm-hmm. or it could be that that's just the first shot ag- across the bow. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like this could be the story that gets us through the summer and into the the fall of twenty twenty four. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, either way, there's lots of you know, gold to mine there, so to speak. And I, I think I think it's all positive, no matter which way it goes. Like, are you, you're, you're not a huge AEW guy, obviously, but how do you feel about Moxley in New Japan slash having potentially having a champion that is not full-time? Because you know New Japan love to give away their belts. They love it. They, love, they don't want them around. Well, like, they're like, let's, let's fuck them off as quick as we can. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not a fan. Nah, he no, doesn't sir. Love it. I don't like it. No, I just, I'm, I don't, I don't like it. You know, you're like Mox Joe with got, coffee to like AW guys holding, like holding, <laughs> holding belts. I don't like it. No, nah, he doesn't don't like, fucking it. like it. Same man. way. You want to, you want to come in and be here for the next four, six, eight months. Yeah, you want to live in Japan for most of 2024? Yeah, you can have a fucking belt. Otherwise, no. I, I think you and I have discussed this before back on the old Okada Shorts podcast. Don't know. But what. 2024 needs to be the year that you close ranks. Yeah. Yeah. You know? well, I mean, we, we definitely to, said that. So, yeah, exactly. It needs to be the year that we focus on Japan, mm-hmm. focus on getting everything right on the home front, mm-hmm. and then you can start reaching out. Yeah. You know, you've got you, they, they said it best that they, the world title, the, the belt that Naito currently holds is the belt where people come to you Mm -hmm. to, to challenge for it. Yeah. The, I, the, um, GHC, the global crown, Mm -hmm. not, it's not the global honored crown. Sorry. (laughs) The (laughs) global heavyweight championships. uh, There's two GHC titles. It's fucking wild. Um, the 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 IWGP Global Championship mm-hmm. is the belt that travels to be seen. Sure, which so, is the belt that David Finlay holds now. The, and the, that, the belt that David Finlay is he defending holds. that belt against Nemeth? Yes. Okay. So again, another foreigner. We don't we don't know what Nemeth's plans are with New Japan. Thoughts on. Finley dropping that to Nemeth. Like, surely not with the build that Finley's on. Surely not. It's not the, it's not the right time for that. No, they need to establish right that now. belt and they're establishing Finley as well. Yeah. They need to start and, racking and, up wins for him, which they have, you know. Yeah. He just he just beat Will Ospreay to send Will Ospreay out of the company. And, so, be, yeah, and like, beat Ospreay and Moxley at the same time for it. So <laughs> I hope, I hope, like you said, like, I hope he fucking milks that. I hope he just says like, 
I'm the guy that beat Moxley and Osprey in the same night in the same match through the Jericho. Yeah, yeah. I beat the Rock in Austin thing. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, you need to lean great. into that. That's awesome. The idea of Moxley winning is it's a little bit intriguing. I don't think it's the right time to do it mm. with 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 business. God, here we go. We're going to talk business and contracts and whatever fucking get. I fucking hate when we have to do this, mm. but with business being what it is with, you know, the yen is down yeah. and stock for Bushi road is down mm. and Oh, it's the sad times come again for fucking new Japan. Well, then you know what? Fix what you've got at home. Yeah. Don't worry about paying Moxley's fucking appearance fee so many times, mm. you know, just put together the best of what you have and fans will fucking love it. And right now the best of what you have is Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah, absolutely. Just, uh, just landed into that because I mean, my only, the only reason why I brought up the Moxley thing and why it was worth a wrinkle, like a wrinkle worth talking about is because if Moxley takes it and then Zack was to say, beat him, would that hotshot Zach faster? You know what I mean? If they're like, it's fucking Bushy Roads on our ass, everything's fucked, like we need to we need to crank up excitement. Is that like the fastest way to do it? Um but it would be in the West. In yeah, the West. The, exactly. And it's is it the not fastest the way to do it in Japan, I don't know. And I don't think it's the way New Japan does business, which is why we like them so much. They don't really take those easy ways. They're like, no, we'll do it the way we do it and we'll take our time and that's what leads to those amazing moments. So I really don't see them um, doing it. But you can never you can never write off Moxley when it comes to New Japan, I think. So just worth, worth putting an asterisk above him. Um, and And the fact that, I mean, they sold out a big building in Chicago on the back of that Naito versus Moxley match. Yeah, sure. So maybe maybe they do see that, you know, Moxley versus New Japan talent is something that people in America want to see. Yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah. Um I mean, you you can't say there's zero. Yeah. Can't say there's 0% chance. Like what percent would but, you give it? 50-50? Like is it is it that or is it more like a 40-60? I'm going to say probably 70 30 70 30 70 being night yeah. 30 being monks yeah yeah but he's yeah. definitely not, more I'm than a even... lot of people he would have a, a much bigger chance than most yes well yeah, i would definitely. say I, th- I would say he would have a hundred percent chance more than any other non-contract like you know non-full-time new japan guy at holding that belt oh yeah yeah uh, i mean like you put like if they had him uh, naito versus Nick Nemeth, the former Dolph Ziggler, like I'm going to go in there going, yeah, that's just going to be a match. That's there's no way they're putting that belt on Ziggler. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, but then again, like kind of thought that about AJ Styles too. I was like, there's no way they're putting that belt on fucking adult. Nope. They just did. (laughs) But I mean, he did come in full time, right? Like, so yes. Yeah. We just didn't know that at the time. So we didn't know that at the time. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's the idea that I like is what you set out where it's just like you have these dudes who you are paying. The yen is down Mm -hmm. work with what you have. And like, that's not even saying that Zach Sabre jr is a fucking, 
consolation prize, nah. man. Nah. He's, no, he's a dude who's, he's given his prime to this company yeah. and they've rewarded him. They've given him, uh, they've given him tag team title runs. They've given him new, new Japan cup twice. Um, they gave you know, him his own belt him, for a year. Like <laughs> they, they created a belt and said, here, you establish this for a year. They gave him his own faction. You know, they, they, they said he's the greatest uh, tournament wrestler in new Japan history. Exactly. Uh, you know, a, a, a fucking company that's had people like, Hiroshi Tanahashi, AJ Styles, Okada, mm -hmm. you know, in these, these big tournaments. And they're talking about how, you know, Zack Sabre Jr. is the one who succeeds best at tournaments. You know what's great about that? Sorry to cut you off real quick, but it just, no, man, just spotted, spotted my eyes about the Zack Sabre Jr. tournament thing. Um, historically in those tournaments, whenever you think about Zack, he would always be like, I don't even need to fucking win this. I'll just beat fucking Okada and then I'll fucking verse him for the championship next week. I don't need to go to Wrestle Kingdom. I don't give a fuck. He always had this like real laid back thing. Now is more of a baby face character with a tournament. What does a focus Zach look like? I'm going to Ooh. win this tournament. I, I, I'm going to win this tournament and then I'm going to, you know what I'm saying? Like that's a completely different guy because he's always been a bit of a fucking, you know, a punk and a larrikin and, like, whatever, fucking cocky. Like, what's it look like when he's like, I'm now going to win this and show everybody why I'm the best wrestler in the world and then I'm going to fucking take that title and then I'm going to run this company. Like, that's a completely different guy that we have never seen before. A Zack Sabre Jr. that wants to, not, not just wants to establish himself as the ace, but can and will establish himself yeah. as the ace. Wants to put the company on his back and like do that. And we've we've seen that shift in his character from like the moment he took on food just like his young boy and stuff. Like you see him training him, you see him giving tips and caring about it and caring about his faction and he brings in his friends and he's being more earnest and like all those like he it ha it wasn't overnight. He wasn't easily like, yeah, fuck you, dickhead. And then immediately like a nice guy. We've just seen this slow turn of the needle as he just slowly gets, you know, cares more and more. Um, and he, like, really, you know, wanted to beat Danielson in those moments in that match. Like, he was like, I need to fucking win. Like, you could tell. Like, it was – it meant everything. And so that focus from him is going to be really interesting in the next year. And it, it kind of mirrors – well, it doesn't mirror, but Sonata's change as well when you talk about somebody who's, like, finding emotion and finding earnestness. We, we might end up with a couple of guys that really, really want to win chasing Nido, who's like, hey, everybody chill the fuck out. Like, you know, so it puts a lot of it puts a lot of focus on uh, you know, because I mean I know you felt this. You said, Oh, fucking Naito again. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but the the landscape has changed so yeah. much now. Yeah. Because you know, we keep saying Sonata and Zack Saber Jr., but yeah, we could have uh Yoda Suji step up and face the guy who runs uh his own faction yeah you know mm -hmm. we could have Shoto Umino versus versus uh Naito and and see if you know maybe shooters learn something since their last match we, yeah. we've seen a, a new playing field for Naito right now and I think that's pretty cool sure absolutely but yeah, I, th I think laying all that out, I, th I think there's absolutely no reason why Zach couldn't be the new ace of the company. 
Like I, I think Absolutely there's not. every chance in the world, and if not the, definitely one of. I think we're going to see him in a much bigger spot, and he, if you had to put your your stocks on anybody or bet on anybody this year to make a big splash, it would absolutely be Zach. Absolutely, it would. And like, here's here's the thing: who else? Who else could it be? Yeah, I mean, who else has anybody, but... given that fucking that time, that effort, mm-hmm. that that heart and soul, and and that years of his career to to new japan and new japan's been very good to him yeah you know they've they've made him feel like a big deal every single time so you know who else on the roster could it be Mm -hmm. i mean you could really you could pick someone and say oh it's this guy or oh it's that guy who else on the roster should it be fucking nobody (laughs) yeah i love it absolutely well, let's let's keep our promise. Let's keep the the episode short. I think that's um, that's a really great note to end that on. Um, thank you for everybody for tuning in to the new Ichiban Sweetcast. Uh, at the moment, all social media remains at Okada Shorts because we've got to change it over as we do all our rebrand stuff. It might have changed before this. Mm, it it might have ha- changed before this dropped. It may have. It depends if you've done it or not because I will be on a plane and uh, I don't care to deal with it until I'm back. I will. I will change it before this. There I don't know go. what I'll change it to, yeah, but I'll change it exactly. to Exactly. We've this. got art on the go. You guys already heard the new theme. <laughs> that was... I was on the fly, so but we are kind of reworking that and things like that. So all new branding and stuff is going to come, but thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this brief little chat about the man. And, and yeah, rate and subscribe, listen or die, spirited fight, style it strong, sweet cast, itchy barn. Itchy barn. This has been a Count Out Podcast. Ring Post Radio is the only show hosted by Ryan Knightsey and Scotty Edwards that talks about the entire world of professional wrestling. With new episodes coming out every Sunday, there is absolutely no reason to not listen to real, honest wrestling opinions from two crazy maniacs. Have a hot boy summer and listen along to Ring Post Radio every Sunday on the Count Out Network. <laughs>